0: lawyers or graduates or practitioners of the legal profession are an interesting group and i don't mean that as a euphemism for anything negative i mean that sincerely as they're an interesting group because i do think that of all of the different clusters of client segments here like undergraduate phds they are different but they're largely the same but i think lawyers are dramatically the most different and and i'll give you some examples of what i mean by that so and I would be lying if I said cl- lawyers were a very large segment within firms consulting. They're not. I think it's somewhere between 7 and 10% of all our clients have been lawyers or graduates of law programs. And, and they are different attributes. I mean, uh, the ones that I've personally trained, I've obviously screened all of them personally, but the ones that I've personally trained, we've had a lawyer who was, you know, clerked for a Supreme Court judge, I think, in uh, Israel. One who clerked for a Supreme Court judge... In South Africa, we've had lawyers who became entrepreneurs, lawyers who worked for the um, on the m and side of law, of you know these elite white shoe uh, law uh, law firms on Wall Street and the equivalents in Australia, London, uh, you know whichever country it is. Uh, we've had um, lawyers that are still practicing and you know want to transition. Um, away from law even though they've never actually worked for law firms so we've had the whole mix and we had you know very very i would say very you know elite clients whereby if i mention their names a lot of people would recognize them because in their field they're fairly well known now the one thing that strikes me about lawyers is that if there's one group that i think undersells or, 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 or is is not fully aware of its full strengths or 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 advantages, I would say it's the law group. Every lawyer we've had in the program, and and I forgot to mention in-house lawyers as well, every lawyer we've had in the program, I think there's a certain professionalism, a certain eminent way of communicating, and a certain eminence, I think is the right word. So. it's hard to put your finger on it but when you speak to these people and engage them you get a feeling that you're talking to someone who is a cut above the rest. Now why is that important? It's one of the attributes. There are many other attributes I'm going to talk about that distinguishes lawyers from other candidates. For a lot of candidates when when i look at them and i screen them and you know when i was a partner the most important thing i'm thinking about myself is does this person look like they could be part of a ch- team that bills 300,000 dollars per an hour? Do they look like that? And if you don't look like that, well you failed the first hurdle and we're not going to put you into a team that charges 300,000 dollars per hour because the client's going to question our billing. So so, so it's a, it's a very important attribute that most well the lawyers we've had certainly fit this bill they come across really polished, right? And if you are trying to get the attention of a consulting partner, that's the first hurdle. And I think they pass that hurdle very well. But most lawyers that I've worked with don't even know they're passing that hurdle. They, they, they're very worried about their profile. And then I'm, when I'm preparing this podcast, I'm think, I've got a few of the files in front of me. And they're all the same. You know, when I was putting this podcast, I didn't realise all these files will have this attribute, but they're all the same. You know, whether they're Asian American lawyers, whether they're Swedish lawyers, whether they're Australian lawyers, South African lawyers, they all have this certain polish about them. So that's the first thing. The next thing about lawyers is that I find the communication skills to be very good. And you know the emphasis we put on communication is not what you say, it's always about how you say it. I find lawyers' communication skills to be a cut above the rest. Now that's good and bad. It's good because you meet my expectation. Because if you if you weren't meeting my expectation, I would say, hey, hold on a minute, I'm you're a lawyer. You know, you, you 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 don't always go to court and debate because it depends on the kind of lawyer you are, but at the very least, your job is to take complex issues and repackaging them into bite-sized chunks that clients can digest. Others are gonna choke, right? So lawyers by and large communication skills are very good but there is a flip there's a downside here as well i find that some lawyers they they see communication as a blank page where they can write poetry and i do find that they can be a bit verbose at times so their communication is good but it's unnecessary and one of the things i spend a lot of time working with lawyers is to say okay you're saying that but do I fully understand what you're saying? Why are you adding in that piece there? Is it necessary to the story or are you adding it in because it's nice to have versus needed to have? So it's that kind of debate. And I do find that, so when we deal with lawyers, communication skills are great, but I think some of them push it too hard where they know they're good speakers and they take it to the extreme. For example, I'll give you a very good example, right? I remember asking a lawyer recently that I interviewed, I think it was from Singapore. I mean, guy's got degrees that will make any outstanding law firm salivate and he has the experience at one of the most elite law firms in new york city or london i can't remember but one of the big names right uh wall street um one of the firms that serves most of the banks on wall street and I asked him a question, and he went into this interesting way of answering it where he said, well, Michael, you know, if we look at this problem from multiple angles, we can tackle it in different ways. So I think that let's lay out the angles and let's look at the ways we would tackle it from. Now, the question I asked him is, what do you think is the most appropriate option for this client to undertake of all the options and which one should we go with. And what I found this guy doing was that I think he liked listening to himself or he liked his ability to manage the English language and he was very good at that. I'm not saying that he has any problems with the way he spoke but I found that because he thought his verbal skills or his ability to communicate were so strong, he would try to communicate too much, spend more time communicating rather than cutting things down. I'm not saying all lawyers do this but I have seen that. Right. So communication, a big strength, just don't make sure it just shouldn't be a weakness, right? Now, when we look at um, some of the other skills lawyers have, I think lawyers by and large, because of their ability to process very complex issues, they tend to be naturally more structured than most candidates. I know it's very bizarre that I'm going to say this, but I do find that when I get the resume of a lawyer, and I'm assuming this lawyer went to a good school and they've got the right experience, and they were trained in the right kind of teaching style, they're going to be a fairly analytical client. They're going to be able to to break down issues, build it up, know what is mutually exclusive, know what is separate, construct a very, very succinct and logical argument for a very complex issue. Lawyers do that very well. But for some bizarre reason, a lot of lawyers think that you're only analytical if you understand math, which is something I don't understand. Analytics have nothing to do with math. You can be deeply analytical and not be able to do long division, right? Hopefully you can do long division, but if you don't, we're not going to hold that against you. Being mathematical is completely different from being analytical. There are plenty of PhDs in mathematics who couldn't get into McKinsey because they are mathematical and not analytical. At some they are too mathematical, and they ignore analytics. Is about solving a problem which means identifying the problem, sifting through all the data, collecting the data you need to test the hypothesis you've constructed, and then iterating the answer until you get the answer you want. Mathematics is basically following a language, right? So I do find lawyers underplay the analytic strength rather than playing it up because it is a strength, right? They can analyze things other people cannot do now the one weakness lawyers have and it depends on the type of lawyer yeah is it may lack business judgment but to be honest of all the groups we have i think lawyers lack this the least i think that business does come intuitively to most lawyers whether you're studying criminal law and so on it doesn't matter to me you know common sense is common sense so whenever i get a resume of a lawyer i make sure that the team at firms consulting sends that to me and puts it at the top of my pile because i feel that lawyers make good consultants but two things happen firstly lawyers are told they're not going to be good consultants because they don't have a math background and for some bizarre reason they think they don't have a math they don't have a finance background they can't think analytically so my job is if I find a lawyer and even if he doesn't even if we screen them out of the program at least I want them to understand that hey you've got a good background so I'm going to do your screening interview and I want you to understand that even if you don't make it into our program you should pursue management consulting because this has nothing to do with your lack of analytical skills, you have that, right? The second one is I think that lawyers come into the program and they, they forget there's a difference between business judgment and business knowledge. Business judgment is how well you guess issues around business. Business knowledge is what you know about business to make the guesses. Now, you can know nothing about business and be pretty good at, at guessing things. You can know everything about business and be pretty bad at guessing things. That would be the 95% of the Harvard Business School class that didn't get into McKinsey, right? So, with lawyers, I think that if you have a legal background, my advice to you personally is take the time to speak. You don't have to be with us. I mean, you know, we have a lot of people, so going in for interviews and trying to get interviews with us so you may not get a a chance to be screened by us but my advice is speak to someone very knowledgeable generally a partner about whether you are a good fit because I find that the really good lawyers sell themselves too short and I think that some really talented lawyers don't go into consulting but end up in the finance profession because they think that is the best home for them when consulting could be a far better home for them. So, if you're a lawyer and you have this background, you're thinking, should you go into it? My guess is that it's not going to hurt to find out. Don't apply, but definitely start a conversation. But again, because you have an unusual profile, junior people, engagement managers, are not going to know what to do with you. Recruiters are not going to know what to do, do with you. Speak to a partner, because you generally will have a very unique attribute skill set, and you need someone who's mature enough to see your strengths, to be able to tease it out and you know assess your true worth.